Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty, Mamma Mia's daily podcast for your face. I'm Kelly McCarran and you're about to hear a voice that isn't Lee Campbell's. I'm Shazzy Hutt, hello. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing here, Shazzy? Well, obviously Lee is off having the adventure of a lifetime. Shazzy, what do we have coming up today? Well, today's show we've actually got a question for you, Kel. One of our listeners wants to know what ingredients are no-goes when it comes to pregnancy and why. But for now, we have a question from Adelaide. Hi, ladies, your devoted You Beauty listener here. My question for you both is, what is the best way to reapply SPF over a full face of makeup? I use the 50 plus ultraviolet in the mornings and I usually put some foundation, mascara and blush on afterwards. Other days, it's a full face with much more. If you could let me know how and offer some recommendations on other SPF products to use over makeup, I am all ears. Thank you so much, Adelaide. I love that we're talking about sunscreen touch-ups now. We're so all at a point where it's like it's not even They've like graduated. put sunscreen on. Yep. Yes, this is the graduation ceremony, right? Yep. It's not like do I need sunscreen? This yes, is the masters you know. in sunscreen. They've got their degree <laughs> and now they're like I need my PhD That's in it. sunscreen. I do want to take that first quick step back though and talk about that base of sunscreen under your makeup. So this is the one you're doing in the morning. It is that daily, non-negotiable first step in your skin. Yeah. Please don't go out without brushing your teeth because that's offensive to everyone else. Yes. And please don't go out without putting sunscreen on because that's offensive to your skin. It sure is. It's to protect your skin from those harmful UV rays and also just that subsequent free radical damage that can happen. One teaspoon to the face and neck, last step in your skincare routine, make sure you give it five minutes to absorb before you put on makeup. I think that's a really important and Mm. maybe sometimes overlooked because you're just in a rush one to make sure it is getting fully absorbed and then, of course, 15 to 20 minutes before you go outside. Now, the reason I'm repeating this is because if you are thinking about touching up later in the day, the words are touch up. It's not going to be a full redo of that protective layer and because of that you want that first base to be really strong so that it's going to carry through a bit and the touch-up is just going to boost it all the way back up to full protection layer. Okay so let's talk about Adelaide's question about doing a touch-up over an everyday makeup scenario. So this is kind of lightweight makeup Mm. and in this situation I think you need two things. You need to think about the product and you need to think about a tool. And those are either a lightweight sunscreen or a tinted sunscreen and then a dry sponge. Now, it's really important for this that it's not your fingers because if you think about your fingers, they're warm. And when that comes into contact with your face where there's makeup on it, it's going to warm up the makeup and start like pushing it around. You don't want that. A sponge is good. It is a neutral vessel, so you can use that. So what you need to be thinking about doing is taking a very small amount of that sunscreen or tinted sunscreen and putting it on a flat section of the dry makeup sponge. And then what you want to be doing is dotting it, not dragging it, dotting it 
over sections of the face. And this technique is really crucial because it'll prevent the foundation kind of being wiped off or move around too much. So move in small sections, like think about things like the nose, the forehead, obviously to get even coverage everywhere, but also just to restrict the amount of makeup movement. I personally think a tinted sunscreen will work better with this type of SPF top-up technique because it'll blend a little bit better Mm. with your foundation. But the most important thing is that dotting technique so you don't smoosh everything off. I know she said she has blush as well. I reckon you probably would need to go in and give that a little touch-up. Do you have any tinted sunscreens or lightweight textured sunscreens that you'd kind of use in this kind of touch-up scenario? No. I mean, I do. (laughs) I do, but I would never bother. I think that with a beauty blender, it's a great way to touch up or I'll use like a light fluid. But personally, I just think it's way easier just to use a mist Mm. because there are so many great ones on the market at the moment. And as long as you're using them properly, you know, you just follow the directions on the bottle. So, you know, say with the Naked Sundays one, it's seven mists across the face to make Mm. sure that you're getting enough sunscreen coverage, then that's just way easier because it also gives your skin like a beautiful little lift and makes it look really hydrated. Well, you totally knew where I was going with this because she was talking about that heavier makeup look and you need a sunscreen top up for that. That dotting technique I just described will not work. Like you will have a big hot mess. (laughs) So in those instances, absolutely a mist on sunscreen, like that Naked Sundays one is just setting the bar at the moment. There are heaps. Yeah. But I really think that one has set the bar. And then there's also makeup powders as well. These are kind of more like setting powders. Mm. And I think with these, you do have to be a little bit careful to make sure that you're getting you know, enough quantity. The SPF on them tends to be a little bit lower, not kind of at that 50 mark. But they also can do a great job. I'm just going to list off a couple of ones. In the dotting scenario, I like La Roche-Posay and Thelios Invisible Fluid, Ooh, SPF 50, yes. very light. So it's going to be able to blend in quickly but without getting in the way of your foundation. And then, of course, everyone loves Ultraviolet Dream Screen, SPF 50 Tinted Sunscreen for the tinted. And I also like Emco Beauty Invisible Sunscreen, SPF 50 Plus as well. You mentioned the Naked Sundays mm. one. For a powder, there's Super Goop Resetting 100% Mineral Powder. That one's SPF 35. With any other mist that you're really into, you know, I've only got that one near and dear to my heart at the yeah, moment. Yeah, so do I. There's a Neutrogena one that's quite good. Mm. Always keep your eye out because new things are always launching. One last thing to remember with the powders and the mist, as I said at the start, they are meant to be SPF top-ups. So make sure you're getting that SPF base in the morning. Really, truly, amazingly, perfectly good. And if you would actually like to see a really good live visual example of how to reapply SPF, Lee and I did do a video on it. Anyone can access it still if you've got the subscription. So we will make sure that we link it in the show notes. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Our second question from today comes via our Instagram at YouBeautyPodcast. And if you aren't already, you better go hit that follow button. This listener asked... 
Help, I'm a breastfeeding mama obsessed with skincare that just wants to look really, really ridiculously good looking and wondering why we can't use vitamin A and salicylic acid when breastfeeding. Surely it doesn't transfer into the milk when you are only putting such small amounts on your face. Can you get someone on the pod explaining why? Or Kelly, can you dish whether you're still using these ingredients when breastfeeding? Well, my dear, I'm not breastfeeding anymore. I have taken Len Dog off the old titty and gotten him onto the bottle so now I can share all of the feeds, which is glorious. So this is something that I'm so passionate about that while I was pregnant, I did a full episode on this. So I'm going to just touch on this briefly today and we're going to link the spotlight out because I've got an expert on and we go through absolutely everything. At the centre of it, it's basically just a whole lot of marketing, people trying to fear monger new mums because as if we don't already have enough to worry about. The only ingredient that you do need to avoid is vitamin A because it can cause birth defects amongst other things. And so while you're breastfeeding, you obviously still don't want any of it to get through to your milk. However, there are so many great ingredients on the market that you can totally still use. And you're right. Of course, it would only be a little bit going through to your milk. And to be fair, I'm not a doctor and I don't understand why that's not okay because they're like, don't use this, don't do that. Salicylic acid, you know, some doctors say, yeah, you can use it. Some doctors are like, no, you can't use it. I used it the whole way through my pregnancy and the whole way through my breastfeeding experience. And once again, I will link our full episode about why it's okay to use and why vitamin A isn't okay to use. Anyway, I hope that that gives you a little bit of an explanation of why you can't use vitamin A. Salicylic acid is pretty much fine. I mean, don't use it in huge amounts, but like a little bit that you're popping on a pimple or something. Oh my God, go for gold. Remember that a lot of the pregnancy safe skincare is a lot of fear mongering and like marketing terms. You're absolutely fine. Just don't use vitamin A until you stop breastfeeding. And you know what? It's fine. There are so many other great products on the market. I'm so glad you mentioned the fear-mongering because that was the number one thing I was thinking about in relation to this question. When you go on a Google and end up in this rabbit hole, there's so very little science backing it up. And the other thing that often I notice when I'm in this kind of space is there's not differentiation between what's inappropriate or appropriate to use when you're pregnant versus breastfeeding because there is a difference. There's you know, a huge difference. Huge I difference. couldn't agree more. So, but they're often lumped together. Yeah, so the vitamin A thing, I think she's 100% right, mm. but I would just say because it can cause so many issues, I would just err on the side of caution. Like it's not a huge deal to avoid it for mm. another few months or whatever. But you're exactly right. Like if you actually look at what the – midwives and the doctors say there's like this full list of products and ingredients that you can and can't use that the Royal Hospital for Women updated all the time. We will link that in the show notes too, because if you actually have a look through it, you will see that the list is very, very, very minimal because it has to be a lot of an ingredient to get through the placenta or into your breast milk. I also had a look at that Royal Hospital for Women document. You know, the they, are the, they are the advice. They are the goat they, of advice. This is, you know, one thing that they did mention as an active ingredient, which did get called out for breastfeeding as well as pregnancy, is hydroquinone, which oh, is in yes, skin lightening yeah. products. So I do think we need to mention that one. You're not, exactly not right. Not a lot yeah. of people use, use it. it yeah. but, um, it's hard one, to get your hands on too. It but, is hard to get yeah. your hands on, but it is absorbed into the body at high levels. And even though the testing around it isn't either way, Doctors still just say that one is just a no-go still for pregnancy and breastfeeding. But some of the things that were interesting in that document did say were okay were any kind of hair, nail 
or tanning treatment with the proviso on tanning, no nipple or areola level, obviously, that's your child's dinner plate. Fair, exactly. (laughs) And also, like, then that would end up being quite the lol. Your child would end up with, like, brown smudges all over their face. (laughs) Botox was, like, technically should be okay if it was done properly, but probably avoid. Laser treatment's got a thumbs up. Anyway, that's all the time that we have for today. I mean, Chazzy and I would 100% just keep rambling, but we've got to try to rein it in, don't we? <laughs> if you would like to shoot us a question, send us an email or a voice memo to youbeautyatmamamia.com.au or give us a good old buzz on the pod phone on 028999386. And if you love listening to this podcast, why not jump onto your favourite podcast app and leave us a review, five stars preferably, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia. If you want to support women's media, we'd love it if you became a Mamma Mia subscriber. We will pop a link in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode was produced by Michaela Floriano. Tomorrow, I'll be with you for Ask an Expert. Bye. Bye. Bye.